Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. Happy New Year! Here we are, 2024. I'll watch you back to future the other day and uh, they had flying cars in 2015. It's 2024 now. Zero flying cars. Get your arse into gear, Elon. Um, <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, you made it through another one. I hope you had a nice Christmas and that over the last week or so. It is a bit of a weird week, isn't it, in between Christmas and New Year. I've not been working, so I've just been sat on my arse, eating, meeting up with a uh, few mates and that every now and again, um, and drinking a lot. Drinking all right. Lot. So I'm ready for a big break in January. I'm not going to have a thing. Um, looking forward to that now, cracking on and getting back to normal again now. That's what it's all about, isn't it? So, if you hung over from a busy night last night, just chill. We've got a complacent, compilation episode for you today, ladies and gentlemen. And on the show, we've got Tom Megan, another Tom, Tom Rylance from the lottery winners. Lissy Taylor, Harriet Rose, and Jack Jones from Trampoline. Uh, a little compilation of some of my favourite interviews over the last 24 months. No, 12 months. Mm, wrong number there. So, yeah, it, it, it's a compilation time. I'm building up guests to bring the normal episodes out to you in the new year, too. And I have a lovely time. I've bought myself a treadmill. Uh, I go to the gym and that, anyway, you know, but I, I, because I work from home and that, I feel like I can do a bit more. I feel like you know, it's, it's hard, isn't it, to keep moving. So I've got, I've got one of them tables that, you know, you can stand up at. I've got one of those uh, treadmill things that you can walk on while, while I'm working, see what see how that goes. Try and keep a bit more active in the new year. It's only kind of re- resolution. I've been so good at gym for ages, so kind of like I do that. Um, but it's so easy to put weight on, Jesus Christ. Uh, I put a few pounds on over Christmas, so I need to lose the Christmas blubber. And then try and get rid of some old blubber uh, as well. Anyway, <laughs> um, blubber news. Complete. So yeah, I've had a lovely Christmas myself personally. I've seen all the family and everything. I uh, got all that out of the way. Uh, I'd have some booze. Um, as I say, went to see Hamilton at the pe- at the, at the theatre. That was nice. Um, and uh, and as I record this, I'm off to see Sheffield United away at Man City tomorrow. So nothing can go wrong there. So, ladies and gentlemen, as I say, Happy New Year. Uh, thank you to everybody that's listened to the podcast over the last you know, few years we've been doing this. Uh, and it's a major achievement. I, I, I do pat myself on the back a little bit to bring out an episode out every week. It's not easy. When you're committed to something, you just crack on and do it, don't you? Uh, so, yeah, let's kick to, uh, 2024 up the ass. Hiccup in because of my... I think of my bloody's uh, made of custard at the minute. Uh, so yeah, welcome to 2024. <laughs> let's kick it up the ass. Uh, let's crack on and have some lovely conversations with people within the grassroots music industry and beyond. And crack on. So today, ladies and gentlemen, we've got again we've got Tom Megan, Tom Rylance, Lissy Taylor, Harriet Rose, and Jack Jones. And we're going to start with Tom Megan. He don't mess about. 
know, luckily, we, we're in a great time for music as well, yeah. Carl. Let's not forget that. Yeah. I mean, nowadays, it is absolute washed up, yeah. diluted shit pop music. It's yeah. fucking appalling. There is no scene. It's all been yeah. done before. Yeah. People trying to reinvent themselves. Yeah. There's no movement. I'm glad there's a load of wave of new bands coming through. Thank yeah. God. Um, uh, just, it's just it's static, isn't it? It's gone static. Everything's streamed. Nothing is in your hand anymore. Everything's throw away. Do you get what I mean? I, I, it's just it is, but it is a different time, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I get, yeah, I get it. I get it. I get a different time, but this time I think it sucks. But you got listen. <laughs> if you don't adapt, you die. So yeah, as simple sure. as that. Sure. So. so yeah, so but I just don't think people appreciate things anymore. Yeah. It's disposable. I yeah. think. I think that's what's happened with humans as well on 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 a on a level because it's just again it's everything just throw away. Like I like bands are making albums and stuff and yeah. doing amazing artwork or whatever it is, and no one could be bothered to actually look through it yeah. or look at it and just they play the song and it's only twenty seconds and it's gone. They just yeah. go like that with a finger or whatever they're doing. I just think it's um. I mean, of course, it's a revolution in the music industry, isn't it? Streaming and stuff, you know, and yeah. I know vinyl's made a comeback in that, but um, it's kind of soulless, Carl. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's all um, it's all on social media. How many ticks have I got? There's no fucking real stars anymore. Yeah. When you see a star, when you were younger, you were, you were like, wow, that's a star. Now yeah. it's just anybody. Anyone's famous, isn't it? Now it's in their own world, Carl. Yeah. Get there. You... So I think that I think that's everything's accessible. It's too accessible, Carl. It's yeah. too. You, I mean, a lot of people agree. Maybe some people may not agree with me, but that's what I think. It, but Carl, it's so device, d- divisive this world, isn't it? You're either right yeah, or you're wrong. The There's nothing in the middle Carl, between right and wrong. Yes, yeah, it's, oh, it's fucking unreal. This world, it really <laughs> is. But you know, but we grew up. We grew up with manners. Uh, I did yeah. anyway. Certainly in my house, manners and respect. And we didn't yeah. have a lot, Carl. But manners doesn't cost a lot, you know. Oh, so, right. right. I, I, I had Zach. <laughs> I had Zach from the Skinner Brothers on the podcast the other week. Yeah, man. Did, did you see that whole thing that went on on Twitter at all? Did do you do you get involved with like? Nah, I don't. Any I, of that? Again, Carl, I don't. It's not really my world. You know, yeah. if I was allowed a Twitter, if I was allowed a Twitter account, <laughs> then yeah, it would be different. But I don't think I'm allowed one, Carl. Just just in case of the repercussions. But yeah. Twitter's a vile fucking platform. Yeah. Um, for for it's fucking awful. Um, it, it was it was basically saying that there's there's not many like personalities out there, and it is what. No, there is. And I agree with him. I completely agree with Carl. Yeah. He's spot on what he says. There's no personalities. It's, it's just so dull, isn't it? Yeah. Brain. It's just. Yeah, I completely agree with him. I'm, and they're I'm, great, by the way. The Skinner brothers are great, by the way. Yeah, Carl. man, I, I'm, all, I'm always looking man. for personalities. And yeah. they are out there, but they, they're just, they're just, there's a different vibe about them. The more, I don't know, I'm trying, what, what am I trying to say? No one's dangerous, though, Carl, yeah. No one's dangerous, they No, Yeah, definitely nobody's dangerous. But no. is that the record industry telling everybody to, you know, don't step out of line and, you know, you can't have a career being being a bit edgy? Is that Could that be part of it? Yeah, of course it is. Of course, of course it is, Carl. We know that shit. Well, you know, yeah. and I know that. Yeah. It, it's all, it, oh, God, it's unreal, really. Paper mache music, mate. That's what it well, is. Well, think paper some of them think being edgy is wearing a leather jacket and standing against a wall. Yeah, fucking, yeah, wearing a shirt <laughs> on stage. You know what I mean? That's dead edgy, isn't it? You know what I'm saying? Fucking, the Man Street Preachers were doing it in the fucking 80s, mate. Yeah. You know, it's nothing like, it yeah. makes me laugh. But I love the Mount Street Preachers, by the way. Yeah. Um, what I was going to say, yeah, it's been done before, uh, mm. Carl. It's just, it's just, it's just 
very paper mache. It's there's no thought, there's yeah. nothing solid about it. It's just throwaway. Like it's the same fucking artist in the top twenty mm. every fucking week churn out another fucking uh, whatever, whatever it is. Same song, throw it out there, stream it. It's it's made up in five minutes. Carl, I saw, it, I saw a thing, and it, I, I don't know if it were. I can't remember where it was, but so, somebody says that nobody's known what's been in the top twenty for twenty years. Nobody knows. Yeah. Carl, you know what, Carl? I don't even look at the top no, ten. Nobody it's not even my fucking world. It's not even my world, Carl. Yeah. Your world. Why would you be interested yeah. in that fucking paper mache music? No yeah. chance. No, you know, no, so it it's a it it it's a it's a definitely a different world to you know when, particularly when I first experienced. Uh, Kasabian and I, I didn't buy a ticket yeah. for Kasabian when I went to this gig I'm from Sheffield originally and I went I've got I've got a mate called Mike Hughes that were in a band called Trap 2 at the time yes 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 Mike yes Mike, Mike Hughes. yeah the, he was a singer weren't he he was yeah and, and, and he, they I, supported I, I, used to call, I used to call him Michael Owen Carl he looked like Michael Owen <laughs> honestly no. so I called him Owen I called him Owen well he, he were, I, I loved their band and, and they were supporting yeah. a band called Kasabian at the Leadmill at that time and that's yes, the first I time I saw well. you live um and saw and had the first live Kasabian experience. That wow. that must have been a good. I don't know when did when did you start playing like gigs? At, how 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 did Kasabian get together and then start getting towards? Which is well, gigs? pretty pretty. It just you know just like any other any other like young yeah. young young lads getting together and getting guitars. Obviously, the nineties was inspirational because we had all this amazing music yeah. and. And I met Serge. I knew Serge at school for a few yeah. years, for a long time, actually, and stuff. And, um, yeah, we, you know, we formed a group and we, re- we rehearsed religiously. We were dedicated. We yeah. loved it. We thought we were rock stars. We knew we were going to be rock stars. Yeah. We had a feeling we'd prove everyone wrong, and it fucking happened. Yeah. And do you know what? Do you know what? Um, do you know the amazing thing about it, Carl, as well, which I love, you know, the, the early days of not knowing what was going to be, we could have been fucking another band that, you know, that got, you know, stayed in the net, but we yeah. slipped the net. Oh, we slipped, we slipped the net. And how do you know you, what, How Carl? did you slip the net, mate? Because we got, you're just good, isn't you? You either got it or you ain't. And, yeah. and do you know what I love, Carl? We were, we were, we were, we were energetic. We were dangerous. We were 23. Yeah. We were fucking, we had everything. And more, we had we had, we had the groove, we had the songs, we had the power, we had the fucking, we had me. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's why it fucking worked, and it's simple as that. And yeah, you know, Carl, um, I've got very, 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 very amazing memories of of, of me and me and Sabian, and you know, um, I, I, I hold them memories, and oh, I've done some wonderful things in my life, Carl. Yeah. I'm appreciative of my life, what I've done. I've got my medals, Carl. I've got yeah. every medal you can imagine. Yeah, my yeah. fucking medal. I've got. I've won the fucking Champs League over and over <laughs> again, man. I've done it, Carl. Yeah, so yeah. I've ticked everything. I've done yeah. everything. So everything that you wanted to be, to aspire to, I've done. It's yeah. got, I've done it. I've ticked it. And now, I'm reborn. Yeah. <laughs> this time last year with Tramlines, and that's the last time I spoke to you guys. And at that time, you told us on the interview that you were ju- that you got. I think I just asked a silly question about who was the most famous person on your phone, and you said Boy George. Uh, and, and you, you kind of let it slip that you got this thing coming up with Boy George and Sean Ryder and that kind of stuff. And that that's a year ago. So all these tracks and these songs that are on the album that are out now, um, you must have a lot of stuff on your sleeve for this time next year already. If you're planning that far ahead, that must be hard to keep in. <laughs> um. 
to be honest, it's, this has been like the entire focus since then. So I've not, I've done uh, a little bit of writing for the next thing, but I yeah, want to yeah. wait. I can't, I don't I, think I, don't I could deal with another one of these <laughs> things. But I will say, I've written the perfect song yeah. for us and John McClure oh. of Reverend the Makers oh, to okay. collaborate on. And I would, that would be like a dream collaboration for me. So I'm going to send it to him after all this nice. uh, excitement and see what he thinks. But I love how open and honest you are about these things. And, you know, you, you, you don't mind just sharing your, you know, Tom's world. I love it. Oh, mate, there's nothing mysterious about me. I can't <laughs> shut up. Like, I really want to be mysterious, but I just don't have it in me. <laughs> <laughs> well, today's the day that you find out if you've got a no, new number one album. So as we record it, as I mentioned earlier, we don't quite know yet. But can I get your reaction if you do get a number one? And if you don't, I think both of them will just be floods of tears, <laughs> oh, to be honest, enough, like right. for different reasons. Yeah. Um, mate, I can't even process it. It's just so, yeah, okay. it's so abstract mm. right now to think that like, there's some really, really big artists releasing this week yeah. you know Freya Ridings Jesse Ware the National Reverend and the Makers yeah. Nines th- there's some like top people yeah. and so to even get like that midweek number one it was incredible and I just don't know I just want the trophy so bad I'm not <laughs> even I'm not even like too proud to say it yeah. I really want that trophy I want to wear it around my neck like a rapper and I'll just wear it all the time <laughs> you will and all won't you walking around Lee you'll, you'll be wearing it won't absolutely you? I will <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, so I, I saw you having a little bit of fun with Jesse Ware you know the Twitter people got all angry about stuff didn't they a little bit there and and, and I, yeah I, I know just from knowing your character and how you are that that was just a, all a bit of fun in the internet, just a fucking dark place, even when you're having the most fun in the, in the world. And the, you still get these people just fucking getting annoyed by everything these days. That's annoying, isn't it? Yeah, I, I love it, to be honest. <laughs> when Jesse like, when Jesse um, said she wanted to bring these fuckers down on stage and she was talking about us, <laughs> and it got that press, that really brought us into the conversation. I think it was probably one of the best things that yeah. could have happened to us. Yeah. Like, it, <laughs> it, made, it created, like, this chat battle that w- that we were very much a part of yeah. so thank you so much jesse Ware. if you watch it <laughs> thank you i think it might have backfired a little bit but um you definitely brought us into the conversation brilliant so, and so, jesse Ware, if you are listening yes i really like your album it's great nice one we'll tag it we'll tag her into the socials eh? why not and yeah. we'll, we'll tag revin and just have a big loving for this number one fight that we're all enjoying this week so uh, yeah the best album released this week is revin and the makers you reckon yeah. He waving the cold north. I think it is amazing. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you just see how much hard work. You know, you both you've both had shops. You've both both opened shops, and you've both been mm-hmm. in the shops doing music, and you know, just you know, getting engaging with other fans. You know, like, like what I've seen, what I've liked about John's and what you've done as well is John's got all the local talent playing in his shop. That's brought eyes on them, so he's helping the future out as well. I, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. We've had people playing in our shop yeah. as well, and. It's been so weird to even have a shop. Like, we don't I know. Have to have a I know. Shop. Yeah, I know. Like, what, what do you mean a shop? Like, we don't have to run a shop. And it's weird to like stand in there and it's got your entire like body of work forever yeah. in yeah. there. And it's been so busy and so supportive. Like the town we're from, Lee yeah. is so like proud of Lee, and to have people coming in that, and people who didn't even know who we were or know who the band were, but just want to help because we're from Lee, I think it's just like, it's really incredible. And it's a testament to the people around here. 
I've not been around Lee recently. Did, have they got pictures of your face all over the place on that top? Not yet, but I'm hoping that if we get the number one, <laughs> yeah. I want like a mural okay. on the side of a building. Just me, okay. not the rest of the band. Just my big face on the side of a pub. Like, because like, like, like one of them Rashford ones they had in Manchester, you know, like a Tom Exactly Ryland's like the Rashford one. Yeah, like, yeah, nice one. Like, like proper, like, looking all, like, prestigious. Yeah, I want to look majestic <laughs> as I look right. over Lee. <laughs> I want to look over Green Lane Chippy. Really majestically <laughs> holding a pie bomb. Oh, but no. <laughs> yeah, there's well, there's one for like Keeley um, yeah. Hodgkinson who you know who won gold medals and stuff. And yeah. is a number one album the musical equivalent of a gold medal? I think so. I can't remember who was talking about it. Someone's talking about like rule of thirds, and they said, you know, if a third of the time you feel like you're enjoying it and it's going really well and a third of the time it's like okay and a third of the time you're like what what is going on this this isn't working out then roughly you're making progress and you're kind of on on track um and I think that's kind of a good thing to stick by because it's not you know it's not always um especially in music it's such you're gonna have such ups and downs with it and you've just got to have that like belief in in yourself and um just kind of keep yourself steady i'd say yeah and and then you move to australia sorry not australia america so what what kind of what kind of, I said the wrong thing. I'm stupid. Uh, in America, so <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind it. <laughs> Fair enough. So when you moved to America, then like, what kind of? How did that like uh, influence you with your music and that kind of stuff? What kind of you know, like just having different surroundings, being a different country, America, you know, uh, yeah, where, where dreams are made. Well, but yeah, yeah. Like when when we moved over there, it was January. Um, and it was like, right, get on the plane. And then as soon as we landed that evening, next morning, I was starting school. Uh. Um, so I did like one day of school, um, or a week of school, which was just like a complete culture shock. It was I can imagine. completely different. <laughs> um, and then, then it, there was like crazy weather. So there was this big snowstorm. <laughs> And we were, like, snowed in. Everyone was snowed in for, like, about two weeks. I had, like, two weeks no school because um, the snow is that bad, like, yeah, like, literally, like, walls of snow yeah. everywhere. But, Where, whereabouts in America um, was it? It was in that too. So we were in we were in Kentucky. Okay. Um, so it's, like, just above Tennessee. Yeah. And... Um, that kind of two week window where I was in the house and a uh, new country. So like no, no friends, no yeah. like family apart from my parents. We were all just in the house um, for two weeks, kind of stuck, snowed in. And I'd played all of the songs <laughs> I could think of that I knew. And I'd played them so many times. I was bored out my mind. <laughs> so then I thought, you know what? we're going to try and write something. Um, And that's when I just started writing songs and muddling my way through it. And, uh, and it's just kind of been a craft since and and keep kept going, but playing over there, it was like, it was like, it was very kind of like cinematic. 
like you'd have kind of like loads of like live music bars and everything and it def- you definitely had to play to the american audience and i i just love music so i was like i'll just play whatever you want me mm-hmm. play so like you know people will people will come and listen and um i started doing open mic nights there and uh then that kind of came to people started coming to the open mic because they knew I was playing and I started to get a bit of like a like known. Mm. Um, and then from that, people would say, oh, I want you to come and play in, in my bar or like this event or whatever. And then I kind of thought, oh, this is this decent. Yeah. I didn't think I could actually like <laughs> make make some money for from it. I thought it was just like a cool hobby. Mm. Um, and uh uh, and then that kind of like snowballed into playing in New York and playing in Nashville and like actually playing in proper music venues and uh, it was it was amazing. Yeah. How how did that transition happen? So uh, uh, musicians do that a lot. They just say, "Oh, I just ended up playing in New York." But how do you end up playing in New York? Well, it's like um, I started. So I started like in the open mics, mm. and then people started coming. Yeah. To- oh blah 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 um and then people kind of started picking up that oh there's like getting a bit of an audience coming to these open mics that you know they're just like free entry kind of kind of deal um so then i'd start having like bar owners or um like restaurant owners then coming up to me and saying i want you to start playing like regular in my my venue most of the bars that there have like a, a built-in kind of stage live okay. area mm. um so then like from from that i'd kind of started gigging and um and and then from that you'd have like different different venues in like nashville and and new york um that would then say you know you can come and and, and play in hours for I remember for, for the Nashville ones, it's like super competitive to to get a spot because it's like music city. Um, but I managed to get on to I think I played in like maybe three three different venues or so, um, and it was just yeah, it was an awesome experience. Um, it was just kind of like word of mouth and social media um, being kind of contacted saying would you would you play this venue? Would you play this venue? Um, and uh, yeah, it's just kind of organically happened. Um, do you know, it's one of those, I mean, the last time I was 10, and I think the harder days have been growing up since. Yeah. Like, I can't say that that was the hardest day of my life because it wasn't, and being a young woman and navigating life is 10 times harder. Um it's inspired a lot of my music, obviously, like the sad songs I write. I write far too many sad songs. It's just it's just natural. Um, but I do talk openly about it on stage and I, I hope people can relate to it because yeah. grief's like this horrible thing. And I wish more people talked about it. Um, it shaped me in bad ways and good ways. Like there's a lot of strength I take out of it and just wanting to do well and hope she's watching and stuff like that. But then, like, my anxiety, I have horrible anxiety, and that came from losing my mum. So there's some 
shit bits too. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can imagine, and you mentioned anxiety there. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I've. I've seen that in you, you know, we've, we've talked about it before because, you know, I've known you for a bit and, you know, there's been times when it's got too much for you. How, mm-hmm. how, how do you manage that these days when, you know, you've got you've got a tour coming up, you've got responsibilities now, you're, you're making ways in the industry and you're supporting all these big artists, lottery winners, Sherlock's, all these people that I'm going to come to in a bit. How, yeah. how, how do you manage this, I can't say anxiety, how do you manage it? Yeah. Um... Do you know I don't sometimes I don't okay sometimes like as you know like that one gig and I was like I can't make this journey I can't yeah. do it I'm gonna die if I go over the like wooded yeah. pass yeah. and before Christmas I had um, exactly the same thing happen yeah and it was really really hard to just I like I had long journeys to Bristol and stuff like that on my own and I think I can't do this I can't do this and in my head I'm trying to rationalize it like this is everything you've ever wanted yeah. like do it now and do it now and cry about it later yeah. And that recently I've been saying, just say yes now, cry about it afterwards. Okay. And that's, that's like my mantra at the minute. <laughs> yeah, well... You, I just say yeah, and then cry. I, I, I think because, you, you know, if, if people don't know, we had you booked for a gig, didn't we? And, and anxiety got a bit too much for you. And I straight away texted you and said, look, H, it's fine. Because yeah. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I know it's it, it's really difficult for people, mental health and anxiety and all that kind of stuff. It's a real thing for people and it's... And I, I didn't want you to feel bad for that because life will go on with, you know, you know, I've stayed in touch with you and I'll, uh, you know, even when you're massive on arenas and stuff, I'll still be texting you <laughs> for a, a little interview for RGM, you know. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it, when these things happen, how, how does it manifest in, in, inside yourself? How do you like, how, how do you, uh, how does it manifest in you and how do you work through it? Just for, in case anybody else is watching this, it, it might help. Um, Sometimes, well, it's just kind of grounding. When I when I manage, mm. I mean, I'm not bad all this. I mean, now this time of year, it's like a seasonal thing. I'm much better. Okay. Like I can deal with it. Mm. Um, but when it starts to raise its ugly head, I kind of just have yeah. to ground myself a little bit. And um, like recently, I had this thing of like thinking singing was was causing me um, an issue. Yeah. But then it's like the good times when it's not. You just focus on that. So yeah. like the, the amount of times I've made the journey to Manchester and it's been okay. Yeah. Like you've got through it. It's fine. Yeah. This is just another one of them journeys. Like mm. where's a safe place that you you're fine with? So once you're at Langset stuff like that, like just the things you've got comfort in and you're familiar with, just focus on that. Like all the times the gig's gone really well. Mm. It's, it's gonna be fine yeah. like the amount of times it's actually gone wrong or something's happened more often than not it hasn't and it's the yeah. fear of it and I just like I just have to kind of talk to myself and talk myself down from that point I, I wouldn't say I personally have anxiety but when I'm doing like interviews before quite a lot of times I'm like I just wish they'd text me now and just say they can't do it because I'm just like <laughs> you know what I mean you, you know you, you're just yeah. thinking all, all these things that are like going on it's fight or flight in it you just like you, yeah. you panic a little bit and you think the way I kind of channel it is, I always think this anxiety, this this pressure inside you that you that you just want to run away from, that that's a mm. sign that something good's going to happen. That's how I kind of channel it in my mind. Yeah, you know I get mean? that. Yeah. It's going to be a good thing. It's why you're nervous. Yeah, it's why you're nervous because it's going to be good. It's going to be different, and it's going to you're going to grow from it. It's all going to be good. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'll try that. Nice one. Nice one. <laughs> so, some faux um, medical advice for people with anxiety there. So we're, we're not professionals. Everybody be yourself and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, not so well. So as an artist, you've progressed and, you know, you, you, you know, I've seen you all over. I've seen you. Last time I saw you in real life was uh, we, we saw you in tram lines and we had in your Manchester. Uh, then I've seen you again since then. I can't really remember everything. I, I forget stuff. But <laughs> but, but the, the, the development of you you know, getting accomplished as a solo artist in Sheffield, uh, getting a band behind you, going down the country route, that kind of stuff, which I know is is a different direction. So, so it feels like you're in a different direction now from the countryside of things. Um, yes. How, how, how uh, you know, how, just building up that confidence of being an, a solo artist and then deciding you want a band behind you, that's no mean feat either. That's that's a pain in the arse to manage, isn't it? What is? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Go on. I didn't realise. There's five just nicer group of people, like a nice group of people. They were yeah. good. This is fantastic. You can get a bit of support slots. It's not. Yeah. It's not that easy at all. You're dealing with four different individuals, yeah. trying to get people together yeah. who live in different parts of the UK. And it's uh, yeah. suddenly that like pressure you've got on yourself. Like mm. I'm really hard on myself. It's like if this yeah. goes wrong, it's on me. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, there's more people on stage to be listening to. Like, yeah pressure on it's it's a different thing altogether there's more people to have problems there's more people that can break down in the cars there's more people that have got their own life going on as well isn't there it's another yeah. beast yeah it's tricky i didn't realize yeah. you know i think it's one of the things you just think oh you just chuck a lot of people together and it's fine and yeah. it works yeah. um but it not it's, it's tricky it is tricky. It's tricky. It's not good though. Like I'm not sound yeah. negative there. It's it is amazing yeah. when it comes together and it works and you're jamming. Mm. Um, but there's a lot more management and understanding goes on behind behind yeah. it. Talk us to what was it like for you in Swansea growing up before you got this creative bug to go into the music industry? What was little Jack Jones like as a Oh, I was a naughty bastard. Were you? I was okay, absolutely. Um, I don't know. I wasn't. I think I, I, I had like different. Uh, um, I didn't really get. I didn't play. Start playing guitar till I was fourteen or fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, I played football for Swansea, and I thought I was going to be a footballer. Before that, I thought I was going to be a paleontologist because I was obsessed okay. with dinosaurs. Um. I uh, I think I had a lot of trouble in school. Uh, I don't really know why. I think I was dyslexic, which didn't help. Or I am dyslexic, and I um, and I, you know, I grew up. Uh, I was probably the last generation, like where I grew up without a phone, really. Yeah. But, um, and. Uh, I don't know. I, I just I struggled in school a lot. I got expelled from school for jumping on my art teacher's car, screaming that I wanted to be a woman in my boxers. <laughs> okay, nice. And uh, <laughs> and my report said I was unteachable, but I didn't know if I was unteachable. I just liked that more of a. And then they blamed my mum a bit as well because I had a negotiatory style of parenting or something. I just like to be. I like to be know what I was doing and what yeah. use it was going to be in my life. But um, the uh, school doesn't suit everybody, does it? You know, everybody's different. No, if and, I and went like, now, I'd love it. I think. Yeah. I think. I think I just went at the wrong time, and um, 
yeah, I didn't read a book till I was like 22, but... Were, were you, di- were you diagnosed mom... after school then? Were you diagnosed with... Uh, with uh, no, I, no, I was in school. I was, I was took to like this the Institute of Dyslexia. Mm. And I think they kind of thought that was the reason why I was struggling with reading and writing. But I didn't really... I, my, I lived in Australia for a bit. I had a bit of a... Mm. Bit of an unusual childhood in that way, I suppose, and and then when my mum and my my mum and dad dad went together at the time, but um, my uh, one time at, uh, at Christmas there was a a kind of triangle shaped thing around the Christmas tree, and uh, and it said on it, um, "I heard school isn't going so well. Maybe time for you to think of doing something else." Uh-huh. And it was I, and it was from my dad. And uh, I opened it. I thought it was like a giant penguin at first, but I opened it and it was a guitar. Ah. And I was like, oh, what's this about? So I don't know if it was some sort of undying, uh, you know, dream to impress my father or just a way of mm. expressing my feelings, all those things. I don't know what it was. But as soon as I had it, um, one of my other friends learned guitar and, you know, he was getting better than me and I was just so deeply competitive. I couldn't have that. So I, I, <laughs> okay. I went, I, I went uh, like hell for leather <laughs> yeah. on the guitar. And then um, that was it really. I, I, um, I got let go of Swansea, didn't get in the youth kind of team and all that. What was it down so to? Really- what do you think the football thing was down to? Um, I'd say he just decided I wasn't good enough. I had one of those letters saying uh, he's a great talent and all that, but um, you know, we got it's that age before you know, 15, 14 is when he gets when he's getting into professional uh, contracts and all, and they didn't want to offer me. And I was offered a sports scholarship basically in um, a League of Wales football club called Fleshley Town, uh, and um, I took that. Uh, or oh, I took it the year before, basically before the scholarship. You had a year of playing for the team, and I took that, and that was where I met Wayne from Trampoline, mm-hmm. Wayne the bass player. And then a few months later, I met um, Kyle, Mister Williams, in college. So it was like, uh, and we 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 just decided that uh, we didn't know what we were going to do with our lives, but yeah. we knew it was going to be in this band and this nice. kind of. Uh, we wanted to play music, and I didn't even. I said to the boys, I had no idea whether we were going to be a success or not. I just had to. Um, I knew that I'd give it a give all, give it all I had. Oh, hi, hi, uh, we're on the other side now. I uh, hope you enjoyed a little compilation there of some of my favourite chats over the year. You know, just uh, Tom Violence getting. He was just about to find out that I was going to have a number one album. Lissy Taylor, um, how she manages things and manages expectations. Harriet Rose, you know, and, and I've always loved uh, speaking to Harriet and her journey. She talked us through some really, um, you know, important stuff there. Jack Jones, uh, what a beautiful soul Jack is. Um, what a year. So they are but some of my uh, favourite chats. I might even have another compilation next week. Horse. Uh, I've had a, I, I had a guest lined up that couldn't make it out of uh, illness. Well, I, I had an accident actually, um, so that's coming up. So, um, so I'm a little bit behind with guests, but it's always, it always gets like that every now and again. So there might be a guest, there might not. 
But we'll keep it going. And I'll see you soon in a week or so all night, ladies and gentlemen. So, ladies and gentlemen, just being honest, you know. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to uh, the RGM Experience podcast. If you if you stuck around to the end, thank you for listening in. And we'll see you next week. Nice one. Toodaloo. Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. Come on, Wednesday! Hello. Did you know that you can support our podcast in many ways? Within the description of this podcast, you will see a list of all the equipment that we use. These are Amazon affiliate links. Clicking on these links take you to Amazon. If you buy whatever you're planning that week, we get a small kickback and you get a parcel at no extra cost. We would really appreciate your support. Or you can just go old school and donate a pound or whatever you feel is appropriate in there. Please subscribe. Tell a friend about our show. And thank you for your support. And we'll see you next week.